Hi, everybody. I'm Richard Roberts, and welcome to the Expect a Miracle podcast. Let me ask you a question. Why do bad things happen to good people? Have you ever thought about that? Why do bad things happen to good people? You know, you, some people say, well, you know, look, when I became a Christian, I thought I was going to have a life filled with roses. I mean, that everything was going to be just perfect. Well, I can't find anywhere in the Bible where that's true. You know, when you become a Christian, you become an enemy to the devil. And the devil comes only but for to steal and kill and to destroy. And he wants to destroy everything about you. If you're a believer, he especially wants to get a hold of your faith. Because he can, if he can take your faith away from you, he's got you. So believe me, if Jesus was attacked, then you're going to be attacked if you're a Christian. So why do bad things happen to good people? Well, I don't know that I have a real good exam uh, answer, I should say. But I can tell you this, no one on this earth is exempt from suffering adversity. Now, I'm not looking for it. I'm not expecting it to happen. I'm praying against it. However, things come against me. You know, things happen in life. Life is so real. The important thing is, how, how do you handle it? How do you turn your hurts, your pain, how do you handle those bad things and turn them into something meaningful instead of just spending all your time griping, whining, complaining, and lamenting it? (laughs) When you get less than you deserve, how do you respond? Do you get jealous? Do you get upset? Do you get angry? Uh, Do you just wallow in it? Uh, Do you allow self-pity to take over? Uh, do you get angry? Uh, do you bitter get bitter or you feel resentment or jealousy, as I said? You know, <laughs> and, and you, you say, well, I want to know why. Well, that's the, that's the $24,000 question, you know, uh, trying to find out why. I, I've asked God why. And you know what? I've never had a reply. <laughs> why? I don't know why. It's like when our children were little, they would say, Daddy, why, 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 why? Finally, we say, because I said so. (laughs) And I think sometimes (laughs) it's because God says, because I said so. Now, is he setting you up for some type of victory? Well, in many times, yes. Uh, Is he allowing there to be a test or trial? I I don't know, possibly sometimes. Or is it just simply because uh, the devil hates you or is it because you did something stupid? (laughs) Quit. Trying to be so doggone analytical. Stop trying to figure everything out. You're not going to figure everything out. The Bible says now on this earth, we see through a glass darkly. Okay? That means we're not going to know everything. But the Bible says when we get to heaven, we will know then. So I am satisfied I'm satisfied that God is in control. He has not fallen off the throne. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, my job is to learn how to respond to it, not react. Many people that I know react. They don't respond. They react and they strike back and they say unkind and cruel things and they get bitter and they get angry and and they yell at God. Instead of taking, you know, Lemons and making lemonade, (laughs) they take it and make poison and oftentimes take it out on their family or someone that's close to them. You know what? David understood that. 
King David said in Psalm 109, My heart is wounded within me. David made a lot of mistakes. We all know that. We read the Bible. He also was deeply hurt many times. And he said, My heart is wounded within me. And Proverbs 18.14 says, Who can bear a wounded spirit? It happens to all of us. Do you know what? Some things have to be prayed out and worked out. The Bible says faith uh, without corresponding action is dead. So you have to have your faith and you have to have action together. My mother uh, you know, was born in 1917, and she grew up in the generation where the Pentecostals would say, we're going to pray until we pray through. Or in other words, we're going to pray until we get the answer. I think in the Christian circles today, there's not enough praying through. We glance at a prayer like it's a drive-in, like drive-in restaurant. You know, we 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 give our order, we drive up, and we put our money in, and we expect to get a, we expect to get our order order at the next window, and we and we get upset when people behind us are honking at us, and and we want to get out of there. You know, we don't want to stay in the kitchen that long. We don't want to stay and believe God and hold on for our miracle. Some things have to be prayed through and also worked out. Prayer is an integral part. It's extremely important. When you get hit, like we all do, what do you do? Do you just react or do you respond? I was telling the story on the last podcast about how the Apostle Paul and Silas were, were jailed and put in chains. No doubt they were bloody from head to toe because they'd been beaten for their faith. They sat there in that cold, lonely, dark, desolate cell, locked up in chains. They didn't complain. They didn't gripe. They didn't whine. They didn't yell at God or say, God, why me? What have I done to deserve this? I've only been out serving you. No, instead, they began to sing and praise God and worship him. And because they did that, God sent an earthquake. The prison walls and doors were shaken until the prison doors were opened. All the prison doors, not only the one, the cell that Paul and Silas were in, but also all the other cells where prisoners were. And the Roman jailer who was in charge of looking after that prison looked up and down the the, the hallway and saw all those cells door cell doors open and realized that the Prisoners had all probably escaped, and it was going to mean his death because he was responsible. And he pulled out his knife to kill himself to save his Lord Caesar a trial. And Paul shouted from inside the jail, Don't do it! We're still here! And Paul wound up leading that man and his entire family to the Lord. Now, God didn't put him in the jail. But God took care of them while they were in jail, and he helped them to get out. When you get hit, What do you do? Look what Jesus did when he got hit. He said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. I could not begin to tell you the number of times that I've had to use that scripture because of people who have done horrible things and said horrible things and printed horrible things against me. 
How many times have I had to say, God, I forgive this person. I let them go. I give them to you because I can't handle them. When you get hit, what do you do? Well, let me give you three things to do. Number one, go to the Word. Don't go to the world. Go to the Word. The Word is a light unto your feet, a lamp unto your path. The Word of God will sustain you. Get your Bible. Start reading your Bible. Get a hold of scriptures that touch your heart and pray them over and over and over and over until they just become a part of you. Second of all, pray. Pray until you pray through. Keep praying. Prayer is the key that unlocks the very throne of God's mercy. Pray, pray, pray. I remember when our Jordan was a little baby. She must have been maybe two. And we had a car that had, uh, it was a two-door car, and had the seat in the front that, front that folded up. And uh, Lindsay put Jordan in her car seat in the back seat one day and pulled the, the front seat back, and it closed on Jordan's foot and, and crushed her foot. And she started crying and weeping and wailing. Oh, and, and Lindsay realized what she had done and went running around to the other side of the car to remove her foot. And Chloe, Chloe, or Jordan was praying so hard. She began saying, pray, Mommy, pray, Mommy, pray. And Lindsay started praying. She pulled her foot out. Oh, pray, Mommy, Mommy, pray, Mommy, pray. And the tears were flowing down her face. She was crying so hard. Mommy, pray. And Lindsay was praying and praying. Oh, Mommy, pray, Mommy, pray, Mommy, pray. And Lindsay kept praying. Finally, Lindsay said, how many times do you want me to pray? She said, till the pain stops. Pray till the pain stops. Pray until you pray through. And then third, get a seed in your hand. You can sow a seed of equivalent benefit. You can sow a seed in the middle of distress. You mean I can give my way out of trouble? Well, I believe that. How many times in my life have I faced struggles and the first thought I had was, let me get a seed in my hand. Put something in my hand to put in the hands of the Lord and to believe God for a miracle. My grandfather, E.M. Roberts, was a pastor and a farmer. He established 12 churches in Oklahoma and Arkansas. He lived until I was 19, and I knew him very, very well. I loved him very much. He had a booming voice. He was about six feet two, big hands, biggest, biggest hands for a six foot two man I think I've ever seen. And he had this voice. He didn't have to have a microphone. He, when he spoke, his voice just carried across the room. Well, as I said, he was also an itinerant farmer. And when, when my dad was young, back in the Depression days, back in the 1920s, a hailstorm came against their farm in Pontotoc County, Oklahoma. And the hail was so big that it destroyed my grandfather's crop in the field. And after the storm was over, my grandfather came out on the porch of the little shotgun house and began to weep because he saw that the crop had been destroyed by the hail. And he knew it meant there would be no money in the fall at harvest time. My grandmother came out of the house. Now, her name was Claudius Priscilla. She was about five feet tall. And um, she said, Ellis, his first name was Ellis, but he went by A.M. Ellis? Go in the house and get that $100 bill you've been hiding from me. 
Take it down to Jeter's Feed Store in Ada, little town next to him. Go to the feed store and buy seed. The Roberts are going to replant. And my grandfather <laughs> started to say something to his wife, knowing that it was too late in the season to replant. By the time the crop was coming up, the frost would come in Oklahoma and the freeze not long after that. He knew it was a, it was a worthless thing to do, but he also knew enough not to argue with his Pentecostal wife. And so he, he went in the house and got out his billfold, and he had a secret compartment in his billfold that he thought my grandmother didn't know about. In it, he kept a $100 bill. Now, I tell you, this was Depression days, and my grandfather kept a $100 bill hidden in there so no one could call Reverend E.M. Roberts broke. He got that $100 bill out, and she said, Tell Oral, my dad, and Vaden, my uncle, hitch up the wagon. They didn't have a car. Hitch up the wagon and go into town and buy, fee, buy, buy seed. We're going to replant. So my dad and my uncle and my grandfather hitched up the wagon and went a couple of miles into town. And they pulled up in front of uh, Jeter's feed store. And Mr. Jeter was standing out on the porch in front. And he said, Brother Roberts, how did your farm do in the storm? My grandfather said, well, Mr. Jeter, it's destroyed. All the crops destroyed. And he said, yes, that's right. All the other farms in the area, the same things happened to them. There will be no harvest this fall. And my grandfather reached into his overalls pocket, pulled out that $100 bill, lifted it up in the air, and waved it at Mr. Jeter and said, but I've got $100 to buy seed. We're going to replant. And Mr. Jeter just started to laugh at him. Something came over Mr. Jeter's face, and he turned to his sons who were standing next to him. He said, take Brother Robert's wagon around to the back to the big feed doors. Fill his wagon with seed and take the $100 bill from him. The Roberts are going to replant. The next day, the Robertses from that area came over to my grandfather's farm, that is, those who weren't in prison. <laughs> And we had a couple of those, I understand. And they went out of the field and took that seed and began replanting. And by that time, the story had gotten around that little farming community. And people came from the neighboring farms and lined the fence row to laugh and to mock at the Roberts. How dumb can you get? Don't you know that it's worthless to plant seed this late in the season? Why, the frost will come and the freeze will come and it's a wasted effort. But the Roberts family just kept their heads down and kept on planting. You know, my grandfather said a funny thing happened in Oklahoma that year. The frost was unusually late. And the freeze didn't come until near Thanksgiving. And only one farm in the entire area got a harvest. And it was the Roberts farm. Out of that problem, they sowed seed, and God brought them a miracle. The word is important to you. Your prayer life is important to you, and the seed that you sow has miracle life in it if you'll just sow it. Father, I pray right now that not a man or a woman who has heard me bring this message on this podcast today would lose their soul and go to hell. 
But I pray there will be people listening today who really need God and know they need God and they want God and they want me to pray for them. So my friend, if I'm describing you, if you've never repented of your sins and asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart, if you'd like to give your heart to the Lord today so you can get involved with the word and with your prayer life and with your seed, if that's you, if you're sincere and you'd like to repent of your sins and believe on Jesus, then pray this prayer out loud after me right now. Are you ready? Oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner, a backslider. I have missed the mark with my life, and I repent. I am sorry. Please forgive me of my sins. I turn away from Satan and I turn toward God. And with my faith, I receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me. Heal me and cleanse me. I commit my life to you today. In your precious name, amen. Now, my friend, if you meant what you just prayed, I promise you, according to the Bible, you'll never, ever, ever be the same again. Get yourself a Bible if you don't have one. Borrow one, buy one. You may have one gathering dust up in the attic or in a closet or on a bookshelf. Get it out. And start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and the book of Acts. Don't start at the beginning in Genesis. Don't do that. Start in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see Jesus coming up out of the pages. Watch his miracles. See and hear his teachings. Get to learn the presence and person of Jesus. Then go to the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, and let you see how they handled what Jesus taught them. And notice that there's no logical ending to the book of Acts because it's not over. Then second, after you've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts, then go back to the beginning in Genesis and see how God started everything, how God created everything you can see from what you can't see. And read what's called the Pentateuch, Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And then go to the prophets and kings and see how they operated. See, see their successes and their failures and how God turned it around for them. And then go into the prophetic books and see the prophetic words that are still coming to pass today. Then go after the book of Acts and start with the book of Romans, the letters of the Apostle Paul and the several other New Testament writers, and learn how to live your Christian life. That's how you read the Bible. If you don't have a Bible, get one. Borrow one. Buy one. The same way your body needs food, your spirit needs food, and you get it in the Word of God. Then Begin to pray. And prayer is a two-way street. It's not just a one-way. It's not a, not a monologue. It's a dialogue. When you pray and you stop and you listen, God will speak back to you. And then get a seed in your hand and be a regular seed sower. Sow your tithes and offerings unto the Lord every month without fail. 
Do it in Jesus' name. Praise God. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. So glad you could be with me. If you need special prayer, call the Abundant Life Prayer Group at 918-495-7777. Online, richardroberts.org slash prayer. I'll talk to you next time on the Expect a Miracle podcast. Bye-bye for now. Have you checked out the Healing Network? This 24-hour network is all healing all the time. The network has new original programs like Bookmark with Lindsay and Melissa, Richard's live healing prayers, and also his latest class from the School of Miracles. The Healing Network is also your resource for classic Oral Roberts sermons and current programs like The Place for Miracles and Make Your Day Count. Just look for The Healing Network in your favorite app store. For more information, go to richardroberts.org slash thehealingnetwork.